Want more physical, emotional, and spiritual stories of healing? Get the book Food Heals on Amazon today. Stop begging for the media. They're not talking about the connection between animal agriculture and climate change. We are the voice. We are the media. If you have a smartphone, you can change the world with your beliefs. And there are more people who need to hear the message than there are spreading the message. Every cell phone is a network. What is a network? It is a production company with a distribution channel to an audience. Let's all do our own media. And the way is social media. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to change their status update from hashtag blessed to hashtag OMG even more blessed than yesterday, hashtag loving life. If you experience any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet a Kardashian immediately. All right. Welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining me. I'm Allison Melody, and today's guest could be described best in one word, which is powerhouse. She has won four Genesis Awards from the Humane Society of the United States. Veg News named her Media Maven of the Year. In 2013, Mercy for Animals awarded her their Compassionate Leadership Award. In 2014, she was honored for fighting animal abuse by the Animal Legal Defense Fund. In 2015, she received PETA's Nancy Alexander Award. She is a fellow vegan and activist, the founder and editor of Jane Unchained News. That's right. It's Jane Velez Mitchell. You have probably seen her videos. Her Facebook lives are all over the place. She is just a force and I'm super excited. You know, Jane Unchained is a nonprofit. It's a digital news network that reports on animal rights and veganism and health and climate change. She does her daily live vegan cooking shows on Facebook called Lunch Break Live and she's featured many of the most famous and best vegan chefs and restaurants around the world. Super excited to have Jane with us today. But first, Food Heals Nation, did you know that 32% of gluten-free products actually contain measurable amounts of gluten? And that as much as 53% of gluten-free pizzas and 51% of gluten-free pastas actually contain gluten as well. Shocking, I know. That's why I'm a fan of Gluten Away from our friends Tina and Billy at JustThriveHealth.com. Gluten Away is a unique formula designed to break down and remove gluten from the body so the gut can finally begin to heal and repair. Just take one capsule with food two to three times a day. That's it. That's enough to improve the gut barrier, purge the remaining gluten from our systems, and drastically reduce and eliminate symptoms of gluten intolerance. So what makes Gluten Away so effective? It's the blend of spore-based probiotics, yeast strains, and digestive enzymes. And it can start showing results in as little as three days. Get started today at JustThriveHealth.com. Use the coupon code FOODHEALS10 to save 10% off. And pro tip, put your probiotics on auto ship so you never have to think about them and you never run out. Just thrivehealth.com, coupon code FOODHEALS10. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. Today's guest is founder and editor of Jane Unchained News, a nonprofit news network reporting on animal rights, veganism, health, and climate change. Please welcome Jane Velez Mitchell. I am thrilled to be here. I love the fact that you have your own studio. <laughs> Super cool. Thank you. I'm glad to finally have you. I know that we've been talking about doing something together for a while, so this has been a long time coming. So welcome. Well, great timing because we just launched our new show on Amazon Prime, New Day, New Chef. It is going viral. The announcement was on Veg News, and it's already gotten more than 60,000 shares, and it's rising every time I look at it. And this has been a dream of mine for more than 20 years. I pitched uh, the Food Network, actually, a Mm -hmm. long time ago. I'd met somebody in my neighborhood who was an executive, and I went in there and pitched a vegan cooking show Definitely over 20 years ago, Uh and uh, that's how long I've been thinking of doing this, and it's a team effort. 
70 people at least were involved in putting together the eight episodes that we currently have. Six of them are on Amazon Prime. All eight will be up in a couple of days. You can watch it for free if you're an Amazon Prime member, 99 cents for everybody else. And then we're going to shoot nine more. So amazing. Yeah, the time is perfect. Uh, so much has happened just in the last couple of months. We've really broken through. I've been in this movement for a long time, vegan 23 years, but then I was sort of a half arsed vegetarian prior to that and thought of myself as an animal activist and uh, slogging away years ago, going into vegan restaurants where I was the only person I knew everybody because <laughs> there were four of us, you know, the waiters, <laughs> the chef, me, and uh, now you can't get a table. Right, Now exactly. I want to go to... Uh, Crossroads or Nick's or Cafe Gratitude or Gracias Madre. And it's like there's a line out the door. Nothing makes me happier than waiting for a table at a vegan restaurant. Yes, that's such a good point. And it shows how far we've come. The fact that 10 years ago, they didn't want to hear about the show. And now it is trendy and popular. For me, it was like 10 years ago. I was the girl with the green juice, the yoga mat strapped on her back. And I was the weirdo. And in North Carolina, so not in LA where it's normal. But like now it's normal. Now it's cool. Now it's hip. So it's really exciting to be in this time because, you know, people like you and I have been fighting for this and are so excited about it. You know, I pitched my film to a very popular network, which will not be named right now, but, you know, maybe like eight years ago. And they were like, oh, we already did our food film. We're done with food. Oh. Let me tell you that now they have like five new films in the past, like, you know, documentaries in the past couple of years because they know it's hot and cool, but I came at it at the wrong time, you know, but now they want it. They're hungry for this. Just like we were talking about, you know, before we got on this about all of the Carl's Jr. and places that are having plant-based food. It's incredible. So I'm absolutely, yes, I'm so and excited. It just so happened that our show debuts at this turning point moment. <laughs> My hero, Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. Speaking at the Golden Globes, making that plant-based or inspiring plant-based, mm -hmm. then the SAG Awards, uh, then the Oscars. Yes. And to come out with our vegan cooking show on Amazon Prime right after that is just a stroke of good fortune. Perfect. I just urge everybody, watch the show on Amazon Prime, New Day, New Chef. And if you like it, write a review. Okay. And if you don't like it, go to sleep early. <laughs> <laughs> but we know you're going to like it. You know, one of the things that people always come to me with is like, I want to go vegan or plant-based, but it's hard. I don't know how to cook. What do I eat? Salads? And it's like, absolutely not. We eat an abundance of delicious, flavorful food. And so people need this. People are craving this. So this is a perfect time. Yeah. And we put up the ingredients very carefully. You can take a snapshot of it, or you could go to the website, newdaynewchef.com and get the entire download. And um, our recipes are all made in under 15 minutes. So it's so easy. I'm not a chef myself. In fact, you know, we've done for four years on Jane Unchained, a vegan cooking show called Lunch Break Live, where we mm -hmm. go live on Facebook, just like we're live now. Everywhere we go, we go live. Sometimes there's an emergency. Every so often, people are amazing, but once in a blue moon, they cancel, and I've got to do the show myself, and then there's Pyrex literally exploding behind me and fires, alarms going off. I personally am not a chef, mm -hmm. but I've had the opportunity to see the best vegan chefs in the world. And so we've done that every day ever since Facebook Live went on. Mm -hmm. And basically what happened was a couple of things. I was having a vegan cookout. I happened to have some glamorous friends over, which is not, you know, always the occasion. But <laughs> Katie Clary was there and Simone Reyes and these fabulous people. And I wanted to see if the Wi-Fi would work on the deck where we were having our cookout. So I went live. All of a sudden, I started seeing all these comments. What vegan burger are you eating? And mm -hmm. da 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 and Da, 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 what do you put on it? And I thought, wow, people are into this. It's a movement. And that's how we started. We said, let's do it every day. Well, then the other factor was my late mother, who was the one who started me on animal rights. She mm -hmm. was born in Vieques, Puerto Rico in 1916. And she had a, what she thought was her pet pig, her love. She came home one day and the pig had been slaughtered for food. She oh. fainted. She was only about nine years old. And when she woke up, she shunned meat from that point on. Mm -hmm. So actually, when I was growing up in Midtown Manhattan, and I grew up literally in Midtown Manhattan, directly across the street from Carnegie Hall, um, we thought we were vegetarians, but we weren't. We ate fish, 
we ate cheese, we ate right. dairy, <laughs> but at least we were on the journey. And yeah. I know we did not have meat in our house. Mm-hmm. That was a long time ago. And obviously, the term vegan really wasn't even that well known at that time. Right. Vegetarian was where it was at. Yeah. And we thought we were vegetarian, but we weren't. And I always want to give props to my mom, my late mother, who lived to 99 and a half, so we'll give her 100. Let's give her 100. She's the one who started me on my journey, animal products. We just didn't have them in the house. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we did eat fish. But the good news is my mother was a terrible cook because she was the last of the vaudeville. She was a performer and a dancer. Oh, so we went out cool. to dinner every night. We didn't have much of anything in the house. <laughs> and then when you open the refrigerator, the strangest things, you know, you'd find the mail in there or whatever. I mean, <laughs> they were eccentric. But uh, the point is that I was able to at least get started on the journey yeah. thanks to my mom. That's amazing because what I was going to ask you is like, where did this get started? So you had this upbringing and your mom started you on the journey, but then what made you become a journalist and want to share and want to get involved with animal activism and be a voice for the animals and the vegan movement? Well, my dad was in advertising. He was classic Madison Avenue advertising executive. His offices were on Madison Avenue. Was he Mad Men? He was totally Mad Men. (laughs) I love it. He had a pipe with pipe racks and he wore a hat and the man did not know what blue jeans were. And uh, if any guy ever got in trouble, his response was get a haircut. You know, that was his response to uh, general problems. So we had a cousin who was always getting to trouble and he made him get his hair cut repeatedly. <laughs> um, so he was very mad men. Well, what happened was I was always a protester and okay. uh, I was protesting something or other. And I got interviewed on camera and I got the bug because prior mm-hmm. to that, I wanted to be a syndicated columnist. When I was applying at New York University, I just put down broadcast journalism without even thinking about it. And then I graduated and I actually got a job as a, a reporter weekend anchor in Fort Myers, Florida, mm. a very small town. And the news director would always say to me, this is the fastest growing market in America. And I say, yeah, in 200 years, it'll be, you know, the 50th market. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had a lot of fun. In fact, I had such a great time in Fort Myers. You have to understand, this was the 70s. Yes, disco was king. Yes, I did go to Studio 54 quite often back when I'd go to back to New York because uh, I graduated in 77. And um, I would visit New York quite frequently. So there was a lot of partying happening. I drove a little MG midget and was getting into a lot of trouble. I said, I got to get out of Fort Myers. There was Sanibel, Captiva. We'd take Alligator Alley over to Fort Lauderdale. It was disco mania. (laughs) So I got a job in Minneapolis over the phone. I got hired. So I said, yes, I'll go because it was a larger market, much larger. But I didn't think about it. All I thought about was Mary Tyler Moore spinning around, throwing her hat in the air. (laughs) Next thing you know. I land in Minneapolis. I have no coat. I don't even have closed-toe shoes. I have, like, basically flip-flops with heels. <laughs> I, I don't even own a jacket. I'm coming from Fort Myers, Florida. And also, I didn't know how to drive, really, because I destroyed my MG Midget, and I would hitchhike to work. Now we're getting too deep in the weeds, but... I love I, these stories. No, I want to hear it all. <laughs> I used to hitchhike to work. My car was always broken. I didn't know you needed to put oil with the MG Midget. It's not just gas. There's little oil things. Uh-huh. And I was a horrible driver. So I'd always <laughs> hitchhike to work and I would get a different ride every day. And the woman at the front desk thought I was a you-know-what <laughs> because I was always climbing off the back of a motorcycle or getting out of a pickup truck. Today, you can't do that. you you know, it's too dangerous, but I hitchhike a lot. I was a glorified teenager, let's face it. My first <laughs> job. So then I land in Minneapolis. I don't know how to drive, really. I didn't even know for a year and a half that there was something called defroster. I was driving with completely, oh my God. completely <laughs> white windshield until I gave somebody a ride and they said, are you trying to kill us? Right. And I said, no, what are you talking about? He goes, where's the defroster? I said, what do you, what is that? I don't know. I didn't know what a defroster was. So it was a lot of fun, but I honestly don't know how I survived for two years in Minneapolis. I don't know how you did either. It was 45 below zero with the windshield when I arrived. And then I went to Philadelphia, which was fun. It was kind of halfway between New York and D.C. And I wanted to get back to New York, my hometown. Oh, just happens to be the number one market. So I ended up getting back to New York. I was a reporter anchor there for eight years. I was the weekend anchor in New York at WCBS. Then a good friend of mine got a job out here at KCAL at the Paramount lot. Mm. And they needed an anchor. He suggested me. I ended up being a weekday anchor here. I honestly thought I had died and gone to heaven. I was working at the Paramount lot. 
I had a good parking spot at the Paramount Watch. Ooh, Paramount fancy. <laughs> and Astro Burger was next door that had vegan yes. burgers. So what that was one of the was, first places, by the way, that I would go in L.A. Because yeah. I used to drive around there because that's where my client was. And I would drive past there and I would get dinner there because, like, there was nowhere else that was plant-based, yes. like, yeah. you know, 12 years ago. Astro there was a Burger. few places, they but, had, yeah. Yeah, they had, the guy had gone vegan. Yeah. And I we talked to him, the Greek guy who yeah. owned the place. So first thing happened that I got sober. I'm going to be 25 mm. years sober April 1st, April Congratulations. Day. And here Not I am inviting you to vegan happy hour <laughs> later. <laughs> That's all right. I can still have fun. Uh, anyway... What happened was after I got sober, I had clarity and I started realizing I got, I'm not really, I'm a ve- you know, I'm a vegetarian, but it was, I was half-assed, you know, I didn't ever yeah. eat meat or any of that yeah. or fish, but it was just, you know, cheese and occasionally ate shrimp, Yeah, you know. And anyway, so Howard Lyman comes in to do an interview. This has got to be 22, 23 years ago with his publicist, Mara Nealon, who I'm still scared of to this day. <laughs> she's very, I love her, but she's fierce, right? So I do the interview with him, but I think it was around the time that he was on Oprah mm-hmm. and he revealed the secrets and he had become like a cause celebre and he had a book right around that was time. Was he in The Secret? No, but he went on Oprah and yeah. he revealed the secret. He's a fourth generation cattle rancher okay. who got very sick. Oh, I remember this story. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He got very yes. sick and he made a pact with God. God, if you get me out of this surgery, I'm going to reveal the horrors of our industry. Wow. He okay. went on Oprah. He revealed the horrors. She said famous words, that just stopped me cold from eating another burger. They were sued by the Cattlemen's right. Association. They had to move their trial. She had to move her show to Texas for a while. Anyway, he was famous at that moment. Which shows that even someone like Oprah, as big as she is, yeah. she can be massively affected by the powers that be that are behind these industries. Well, she won on. the lawsuit. Yes, For sure. Ultimately. But years and years yeah. and years yeah. and having to move her show, all the things. I mean, yes. They're, she very, was still, they're very powerful. They're very powerful. So he walked in and I did the interview with him. And afterwards, he and his publicist, Mar Nealon, came up to my cubicle and they said, we hear you're a vegetarian. And I said, yes. And they said, do you eat dairy? And I kind of hung my head because he had just talked about, you know, ripping the babies from the mothers and oh, all the terrible yeah. stuff. And I said, yes. And then Marnilin went, liquid meat, like right at my nose, liquid meat. That mm-hmm. was the moment I went vegan. Wow. Like that. So when it just makes say, it, it just clicked. You made the connection. Well, they also confronted me on my hypocrisy and, and called me out. And that's why sometimes when people say, oh, don't confront people, be also very polite, you know, okay. But if that doesn't work, you know, you have to step it up. Look at the battles against fur. Mm -hmm. People were asking these fur designers for decades, sending them videos, writing them letters, doing petitions, asking nicely, only when they embarrass them at the Metropolitan Museum when they're in their moment of glory and create a bleep show do people sometimes are forced to respond. I mean, I am trying not to be so confrontational because it's in my nature. Yeah. So I'm trying to be like really zen and nice. But I myself was turned vegan by somebody sticking their finger right in my nose and saying liquid meat. Yeah. If she had been oh so very polite and said, well, you know, I think maybe you should, you know, think about, I I probably would have brushed it off. That's just me. I think it's how people receive information and how you approach them. So it's like someone did that to you and it was perfect because you are that type of person that can receive information that way. If you're approaching someone else, maybe that in your face wouldn't work because they would rebel against it. Yes. But it's the person and it's the audience that you're reaching. Certain people, they're going to respond to that. And certain people are going to go, nope, I don't like being talked to that way. So then with them, you take a softer approach or a different approach or a workaround approach. So I'm always like, when I'm speaking to someone, I don't tell them unless they ask me and they want to hear. And then I try to match their energy. If they're like you, super high energy, like we would have a different conversation than someone who's a quieter energy, then I would bring my voice lower and I would talk about things in this way. And I try to match people's energy where they are so that I can make the biggest impact the way that they can actually receive it. That's really good advice. So usually when people are quiet, I just get louder. Oh, I've been doing it wrong this whole time. Oh my God. Oh Lord. No, we all have okay. our ways. But <laughs> no, but that's a good, that's a good advice. I, I actually never thought about that before. Oh, well, you learn something new every day. No, you do you girl. 
Food Heals Nation, if you have a passion and you have a smartphone, you can change the world. I believe it. Jane certainly believes it. And if you believe it too, you should check out our VIP episode with Jane in the Food Heals VIP Club. This episode plus brand new never before heard Food Heals episodes are all available for just five bucks a month at glow.fm slash food heals. So if you're hanging out at home more due to COVID and you need some extra Food Heals content to consume, I've got your back. I partnered with glow.fm to make it so cheap and affordable, just $5 a month. In the Food Heals VIP Club, we go behind the scenes of businesses of our favorite Food Heals guests. They are entrepreneurs, they are authors, they're podcasters, bloggers, speakers, filmmakers, so much more. In the VIP Club, you'll hear how these wellness influencers use their transformational stories, their miraculous healing journeys, and their voices to create the life that they desire. You'll learn the exact systems, strategies, and real-world advice on how you can build a career and a life out of the knowledge, expertise, experiences, and passions that you've had in your life. In Jane's VIP episode, we cover how to move the masses with your message, how you can create massive amounts of content on what you believe in and spread your message to a greater audience to truly make the impact that you want to make. She talks about her Hollywood experience with Joaquin Phoenix, and you can learn how to become a contributor for the Jane Unchained News Network. All that and so much more, just five bucks a month at glow.fm slash food heals. Now back to our interview with Jane. You're listening to the Food Heals Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Let's talk about you. You're clearly killing it. You have so much going on. You are all over the media. I feel like you have interviewed every single person I know, and I can't believe we haven't worked together sooner, but you're an activist, you're a journalist, you're out there, you're doing Facebook Lives all of the time. Tell me about um, this media impact that you've had. What are some things that you have seen change since you decided, hey, I'm going to be a voice for the animals. I'm going to be this passionate advocate of change. I'll show you the genesis of the whole thing. So when I was a local news anchor, aside from getting into trouble by refusing to read rodeo stories as kickers, as lighthearted, there were things that I refused. This is not funny. You know, the throwing the turkey off the building. This is not funny. Ugh. Those horrible kicker stories that local news anchors are trying to force to read. Mm. And so I got into, did get into conflicts in local news in general, but I wasn't really able to be an activist because I really wasn't there yet. What happened was I left local news and I got this job at Celebrity Justice working for Harvey Levin, who now has TMZ. Oh, wow. So Harvey was an old friend of mine. We used to go karaoke. Long before I got sober, Harvey (laughs) and I were pretty much karaoke buddies. This is amazing. We would go to the Gower Gulch and karaoke, Uh and he would actually pay the guy a couple of times so he could sing three songs in a row and people oh, that's go my into jam. a rage. Oh, that's what I do too. Yeah. Oh, you do that too? Yeah, you pay off the <laughs> DJ. That's how you sing. <laughs> so I'm a karaoke um, host. Um, it's like my side hustle. So what happened is because I go to all these events and I end up bringing people together through the song, through the art of music. So then I started getting hired at all these events to be the official karaoke DJ. Now, I do not know how to do the computer. I just call people up and I'm like, come on up. And then I would pay the DJs to get my friends up when I wasn't okay, in charge. So, you know. so I'm all about this. There's karaoke I'm a capitalist at heart. <laughs> karaoke corruption. You heard it here first. But anyway, so he calls me up. He says, I'm doing the show Celebrity Justice. How would you like to do it? By that time, I was really sick of local news. I had left KCAL. I had left KCAL. I was working at KCBS. And, mm-hmm. You know, I was done with it. I had a great time. I mean, I loved local news during that time, but I was finished, you know? And so I said, sure. And everybody said, you're crazy. It's going to last 13 weeks. And then you'll be Mark Tabloid and you'll never work again. I was like, Life's too short. I'm going to throw my hat over the fence. So it turned out it ran three years. I covered the Michael Jackson trial. I was on Larry King Live. I was filling in for Nancy Grace, and I ended up getting my own show on HLN as a result of it. But getting back to... Congratulations. Well, yeah, that was fun. (laughs) And now that show's over. And now, But what happened was that he would have a morning meeting. And mind you, I live like... I don't want to say exactly where, but I live near Santa Monica, and I had to be in Glendale by 6.45 a.m. with three story ideas. Oh, wow. And he would say, where's the celebrity? Where's the justice? You know, like, just like he has that meeting now on TV, it was actually started off camera in the mornings. Okay. So I started thinking, and I called PETA, and I would be like, hey, you 
celebrity. You can handle the celebrity part, and now we just find the justice part. So because we were a very tabloid show, I mean, honestly, I used to chase celebrities down the street with a camera. And most celebrities, you know, publicists were like, click. Yeah. But good-hearted celebrities cared so much about their animal issues, they would literally push their publicists aside and do our show. So I was, I started doing animal rights at Celebrity Justice. Cool. Uh, I interviewed a lot of stars about their animal rights causes because you know stars, when they get like, I actually interviewed Robert Redford because he was concerned about military sonar for the whales. And he literally pushed his publicist out of the way Mm -hmm. to talk to me. And then he said, what do you think? And I said, I'm devastated. I think about the whales all the time. And I gave him like kind of a look and he started backing off because he said, this girl's crazy. (laughs) But um, I was very excited. I had an exclusive interview with Robert Redford, who's a great guy. I will love him forever because he literally did the right thing and talked to me for the whales, even though our show was on the very much the tabloid side. Yes, I covered the Michael Jackson trial and I was on Larry King and I was filling in for Nancy Grace. And then I ended up getting a show on CNN Headline News. So they were wonderful. I have always been indebted to CNN Headline News and the folks there because I said to them, would you mind if I did a little animal segment once a week? And they said, hmm, we don't see any problem with that. That is amazing. I was able to interview so many of the leaders. I mean, so many of the leaders of our movement and also the new products coming up back. Josh Tetrick, when he had just created Just Mayo, he came on. And that was one of the first big interviews that he did. A lot of these people were able to use the interview that we did, you know, for fundraising, to get the word out, to have credibility. So what happened was I had a good run, six years. And when the show ended, because of course you can't go to protest when you work for a news organization. You can't do that. So I started going to protest in New York City. Mm -hmm. And I noticed a couple of things. One, it was very cold. Two, people were shivering, and other people were walking very fast to get past, to get into the warmth, and nobody's documenting it, and the media wasn't covering it. Right. So I said, where's the media? And they said, oh, they said they were going to come, but there's a breaking news story. Well, guess what? I've been in the media for 40 years. I know there's always a breaking news story. Sure. So what they're doing is they're taking calls from animal activists doing protests and other events, and they're saying, yeah, sure, and then they're not covering it. This was... Back in the day, 2014, 2015. So I said, this is my niche. And very graciously, I got my social media, my Facebook, my this, my that. And I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to continue doing my reporting, my segments, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to put them on social media. Great. So that was before Facebook Live. And at the time, my partner, Donna Dennison, said to me, Jane, you're unchained. You can... Jane's Unchained. She can go and cover all these things. Yes. So that's, what, that's how it happened. It was just like Jane Unchained. That is such a great title. I remember the first time I heard about you, I was like, that is a great name, you know? So I appreciate that because not only is it a great name for the fact that of who you are and the fact that you're going to talk about everything that you want to talk about, and it's also the fact that Unchained, for me, in animal activism, it's like, we have to be unchained. We have to unchain the animals. Like, we have to give them the freedom that they deserve. So I feel like it has this, like, triple entendre of beautifulness. So, And also Jane is sort of the standard name, like John's for guys, Jane's for girls. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> so it's really very like maternal, like we have to bring yeah. the maternal values of kindness, compassion, respect for the mother-child bond. Those are all things that we have to bring into animal activism. Yeah. So I want to go back to what you were saying about the media, because I feel like this is something that is changing. But because you have this background and this unique perspective, I want to know what you think, because right now there's so much about fake news and blah, blah, blah. And like all of the things that are sometimes there's a media firestorm about this. So something else is quietly happening over here that's not being talked about. I remember when I first discovered this and I was in college and I attended this protest. We took a bus from our college in North Carolina to Washington, D.C., and it was to protest the Iraq war. And it felt super empowering. There were hundreds of thousands of people. It was very well organized, and it was just a beautiful day. And I remember thinking, this is going to make a change. This is going to be huge. Not one bit of it was on a single news outlet. And I was absolutely shocked. It was not on CNN. And it was this huge momentous thing that I thought we were contributing to like, this is really going to move the needle and make people realize this is wrong. And I was just so naive because I didn't realize that the media does not cover things that it doesn't feel like covering. And so there was no coverage anywhere. And that was the first time I realized, oh, 
you know, the media is biased. Yeah. So can you tell me about that? And it's sure. changing because it's like sure. people like you are out there doing all of these and you had so many opportunities, but talk you to have, me about well, that. Well, you can make your opportunities by hook or by crook. You know, do you mind if I do a little animal segment once a week? You know, I mean, there's ways to get in or where's the celebrity? Where's the justice? So wait, you did do it. You didn't go, I'm going to do this animal celebrity, this animal <laughs> activism thing. You go, hey, do you mind? <laughs> so you did exactly what I said earlier. Well, yeah, I, tr- I mean, whatever, you know, <laughs> The follow the path of lead resistance, and that's yeah. one of the ways that we we have this new day, new chef cooking show on Amazon Prime. It's streaming now. Is that it's not advertiser based, you know? Right. Advertiser based. If you want to know why they're not talking about climate change and the connection between animal agriculture and climate change, major networks. I don't need to get into which ones. I think we can all do the math, and it's, <laughs> it's across the board. Conservative, yeah. liberal, Democrat, Republican, yeah. Yeah. across the board, they will not talk about animal agriculture's impact on climate change. Why? Look at the commercials. Meat, dairy, pharmaceuticals. Exactly. Okay? And nobody needs to go up and say, don't do that. Everybody just does the math. They know. They they know. They won't talk about it. It's verboten. It's the truth that dare not speak its name. Mm. And so uh, one of the important things is stop begging for the media that is not going to show up. Let's all do our own media. Let's everybody. We want to encourage everybody to go live on Facebook. It doesn't just have to be for Jane Unchained. This is what I say, because I go around the country talking at veg fests and mm-hmm. the animal rights conference. I went to Europe and spoke at the Luxembourg Animal Rights Conference a couple of years in a row. Every cell phone is a network. What is a network? It is a production company yeah. with a distribution channel to an audience. Every single cell phone is a network. You need to utilize that to the max. And we want to call on all vegans to utilize it to the max. And that means sharing right now. If you're watching this, share it out. Just hit the share button. Absolutely. And go and photograph your pretty food (laughs) and videotape yourself doing a cooking segment. You know, everything we're doing is off our phone. Now, the New Day New Chef cooking show was done on a soundstage and involved 70 people. And it was, by the way... We're doing nine more episodes. We've raised money through our nonprofit. Donations. That's the other thing. We didn't sell it. We are offering this show to people to change hearts and minds. This is not a money-making venture. So that's another thing. You know, find your way around the barriers. But just to... I'll give you an example. We're fighting the Biona wetlands being bulldozed. Okay. The Biona wetlands is 600 acres left of wetlands, the only sliver of wetlands left in Los Angeles County, and they want to bulldoze it. Mm. And they claim that they're going to restore it. This is Orwellian language. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to restore it by putting in 10 miles of bike paths and hiking trails and a 300-car parking garage? Mm. Are you kidding me? And so... I have called, because I was in local news media here, I've called people, I've tried to get people out. Crickets. We had a meeting the other night at the Westchester, I forget the exact name, but it was a council, Westchester Council, that would either give it stamp of approval or not. Mm -hmm. And we showed up with, I would say, 45, 50 people who were adamantly opposed with signs. And the media had been informed, no media showed up. But we went live on Jane Unchained. And I convinced somebody else to come and shoot it to document it. And so why isn't the media talking about that? Okay, they're talking about murders. They're talking about violence. They're talking about celebrities. This is the last sliver of wetlands left. How is this not an important local news story? All those animals, 200 species of birds, are going to be decimated. Not only birds, but all sorts of other animals. They've even seen coyotes in there. Mm. And they're going to kill them all, and they're going to call it restoration. Right. While they're making fees on the parking garage and there's all sorts of other stuff. I could go on for an hour, but why wouldn't the media show up for that? The good news is I was going live. Lisa Levinson from Indefensive Animals was going live. Some other lady was recording it. Everybody had their phones out. Mm -hmm. We've got to get the word out somehow. So no, we cannot rely on the media. And the media is becoming increasingly irrelevant. The old traditional news media, because there's so much that they're not covering, but We can't just 
rail against them, find a way around them. And the way is social media. I agree. I, I, I so well said. Thank you. I feel your passion. It's like inspiring me right now because it's like, we are the voice. We are the media. If you have a smartphone, you can change the world with your beliefs. And there are more people who need to hear the message than there are spreading the message. So if you're like, who am I to talk? Who am I to do this? Who am I to spread my message? You know, I just went vegan because of this. I'm not sure. Yes, you have a message. You have a mission. Share it with the world because the people are waiting for your voice. So that's my little PSA with the media. So I'm total in agreement with you. So take me back to the environmental impact. So you said, look, the media in general, shows are sponsored by advertising. And so you take your show to Netflix or somewhere that doesn't have advertising, <laughs> then you can spread your message. But in general, when people are still watching cable, let's say, the reason that cable news may not be talking about the connection between the environmental impact of factory farming and eating meat and all of that stuff is because they are paid for and sponsored by... And they're meat eaters to a large degree. For sure. And they don't know better most of the time, but no, let's just... Oh, you know what? Willful ignorance of the law is no excuse. Ignorance of reality that is staring you right in the face. That's why I was so happy that Joaquin Phoenix... Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go, but, go, go, you go. You know, Joaquin Phoenix got up there, and the good news is he was applauded. Yes. He wasn't booed. People weren't rolling their eyes. They were like, people are getting it. You know, animal agriculture is a plague on our planet. Look at the coronavirus based in animal consumption, the misuse and abuse of animals, live markets. Look at the pig virus. Look at the bird flu. Look at cholesterol causing heart attacks. One out of every four people die from heart disease, cholesterol. It's the leading killer in America. Cholesterol only exists in animal products. I mean, how is it that the best and the brightest, which by the way was a sarcastic title, which brought <laughs> us the best and the brightest, brought us the Vietnam War, these best and the brightest that can understand the nuances of the Mueller report, which I did listen to in the car, you mm. know, as I was driving around, it's very complicated. They can figure that out, but they can't figure out that killing 70 billion animals who eat so much more than they produce as meat or dairy is wildly inefficient, contributes to world hunger, and is the leading cause of habitat destruction, wildlife extinction, human world hunger, human disease. I mean, you and I can figure it out. Why can't they figure it out? They don't want to know. Right. They don't want to know. I guess what I think, and maybe this is what works for me, is that it's like, and, and with doctors too, with big pharma and prescribing drugs, I'm like, if they know, they don't care. And if they care, they don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that, but it, but willful ignorance may be the fact that they do kind of know, but they're not willing to take the next step to investigate it because they've been trained in a different way. It doesn't go along with the, what the family values are, the way that they were grew up or what the media is saying. And so I think people like you and people like myself are the ones that are like, okay, we're going to break this narrative down and go, here's why this is absolute BS over here. But here's why people don't understand that. And so my whole goal is to give people an understanding of why, for me, plant-powered started with oh, well, I can heal myself and my body because both of my parents passed away to cancer. But I learned that the most anti-cancer diet, according to science, not woohoo bullshit, but um, that it was the most anti-cancer diet in existence. And so I was like, I'm going to do this for me. Then I learned about the animal activism. Then I learned about the environmental impact. Some people learn about the environment first and they want to save the environment. They don't care about their bodies, right? Some people learn about the animals first and then they learn all the rest. So what was it for you? And then how do you express it to people? Like these are all the factors and why going plant powered is the best for your environment, for your body, the environment, the world as a whole. Well, and we'll like, solve a lot yeah. of the world's problems, like poverty. Like it has so many far reaching things. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I agree with you 100%. And I did this documentary called Countdown to Year Zero, which Yay. is also on Amazon Prime. Yay. So excited. And it basically shows the absolute destructive apocalypse that animal agriculture is on our planet. I mean, everything from water pollution. I just did the list. You know, you could just go on and on about the horrors. Concentrated animal feeding operations where these animals are kept in windowless warehouses mm -hmm. and that people have to wear masks to go in because the smell will kill them. Right. Not necessarily so kill them. I'm using that, you know, knock them over. But they do get sick. Yeah. And so, you know, the information is there and it's about opening your mind to hear it. 
because mm-hmm. while this has done very well and a lot of people have seen it, there are people who I know personally who just don't want to look at the information. So right. it's see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. And it's really an addiction. You know, when I was in my disease and somebody told me, hey, you know, you're drinking a little too much, I'd be like, hey, I can't even repeat the words. You know, I didn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. I had to hit bottom. Yeah. Okay. In my case, it was making a complete fool of myself at a party right here in West Hollywood. (laughs) Hey, I've never done that before. What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) But the point is that when I didn't want to hear it, it was You couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear it. And that's where some people are at. But now I think things are changing. I'll tell you what I think was started the latest phase of breakthrough was the Beyond Meat IPO, Mm -hmm. the most successful initial public offering since the 2008 financial crisis. And all of a sudden I started noticing because our society values money above all else, that now that people are making money, people who would laugh at me, roll their eyes, they're like, hey, to get in on that Beyond Meat stock and wow, it's really doing well. You know, I try, I'm going to try that. I've all of a sudden... They're opening their minds Mm -hmm. because instead of it being something that's sort of off there on the fringe, now, oh, people are making money. So that, I think, started it. And then you see the Carl's Juniors, as you said, and all the the Denny's, the the whole slew of, and we would go live every time we'd hear another one started offering. I'd never been in a Carl's Jr. in my life, ever. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I'm in Carl's Jr. having a vegan burger. The same thing for all the others. I mean, we were going, and I applaud them. I mean, these companies are what they are. We accept life on life's terms. And I would urge all vegans, whatever's going to reduce the most suffering, whatever's going to reduce the suffering of the animals, who's going to pay the price for the purity of somebody who says, oh, I would never go into a Carl's Jr.? No, support these items even if you don't particularly want it yourself, let's say you're whole food plant-based and you're raw and you're this and the other, get one and give it to a homeless person. Yeah. Okay? Give it to somebody who's curious. So we have to give these companies an opportunity to change and applaud them when they do the right thing because otherwise we're just skulls, you know? So I applaud all these companies. They're boxes filled with people. You know, I've worked at big corporations. You go back for whatever reason, to do an interview or something after five years, everybody's gone. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, some people remain. I'm not saying that's true. But what I'm saying is you walk in, you see a lot of strange faces. These are not just individuals making decisions. These are systems and they're ecosystems and people come in and they go out. So as the ecosystem changes, people can change and we want these corporations to change. I see a day when we have one of the biggest big box stores, we all know who they are, completely plant-based. Food Heals Nation, do you want customized, hassle-free vitamins and supplements delivered straight to your door? It's easy with Care Of. Care Of is an amazing wellness brand that makes it easy to maintain your current health goals with a customized vitamin plan just for you that helps you feel your best today and supports your long-term goals as well. So you just go on their website and their easy online quiz helps you find the vitamins and powders and supplements that will support your specific health needs and goals like improving your fitness routine, managing stress, or getting better sleep. Plus, they've got their brand new line, which is the skin and hair collection to help you work on your beauty goals as well to support you with hair, skin, and nails. So who doesn't want that? Of course, it's good quality or I wouldn't be talking about it. I love their delicious chocolate protein powder. It is made with wholesome ingredients and it even comes with my name on it. So my protein powder says Allison, which I absolutely love. It just feels really, really special. So go to TakeCareOf.com and enter the promo code FOODHEALS50 and you'll get 50% off your first Care Of order, which is such an amazing deal. I really, really appreciate them giving that to us. And all you have to do is take an easy online quiz and answer some questions like how much sleep do you get? How often do you work out? Do you follow a special diet? Of course, I said plant-powered, plant-based, vegan. Are you concerned about your hair, skin, and nails? And more. Answer the questions and Kara will come up with a perfectly customized plan for you. It's so easy. I love how convenient the individual packets are that come with the vitamins that I need. And then again, I love the protein powder. It's delicious. I've been putting it in my smoothies every single day. 
So again, takecareof.com. You'll get 50% off your first order. Enter the promo code FOODHEALS50. Let me know on social media how you like it. Now back to my interview with Jane. One of the reasons I did this documentary countdown to year zero is that I had the opportunity to hear Dr. Silas Rao speak. He is a Stanford PhD systems analyst engineer who worked with Al Gore, who also accelerated internet speeds. He's a genius. I meet a lot of people. I don't ever say this one's a genius, you know, like those stickers, my kid is a gifted. (laughs) No, this guy is a genius. And when I heard him speak, I was at the Rowdy Girl Sanctuary in Texas, and he was speaking to this pretty open field because it was such a large space. And I was like, oh my God, everybody in the world needs to be hearing this. Again, good thing I was alive, capturing his speech. And he was like, we're going to have a vegan world. We're going to do it by 2026. And here's how we're going to do it. And I thought, wow. And what he said is we have to have a vegan world by 2026, because if not, we're going to have an ecological collapse. We're going to have an ecological collapse. There will be virtually no wildlife left if we don't start transitioning to plant-based and getting plant-based by 2026. Now, that doesn't mean there's going to be vegan police running around arresting people who have leather belts. What it means is the society will have transitioned primarily to plant-based and the outlier, just like you go into a restaurant and sometimes they hardly have any vegan options, that it's going to flip and that's going to be the meat if it even exists. Yes. And so he said, okay, this is our goal. He had the guts to state a grand intention, which if you want to accomplish anything, if you can't even imagine it and articulate it yourself, how the heck are you going to achieve it? So I thought, this guy is amazing. And he said, we have to have a by when. Nothing's going to happen until you have a deadline. We're going to do it by 2026. And we know why we're going to do it. All we need is a methodology. And I'm going to use the exact same methodology that I use to accelerate internet speeds exponentially to create and then others who were involved in the internet and We're going to create a vegan world by 2026. And then the other thing he said is profound societal change happens rapidly. It's dormant, 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 and then it explodes. And he used the example of gay marriage. Mm. Dormant, 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 dormant. Then there's breakthroughs like Ellen, the Ellen Mm. show, blah, blah, blah. And then boom. And he used various examples of how rapid social change can happen. And so when I listened to him, I was like, I want to follow this person. He's the subject of this documentary, Countdown to Year Zero. I can't wait. Yeah. And I I want everybody to get involved with Vegan World 2026. You can go to climatehealers.org. You can go to Vegan World 2026 because he's laid it out. And then when we went to Arizona where he's based, we spent days, all of us, 200 people writing questions on boards. What needs to happen in order for us to have a vegan world? What are the changes? So what's going to happen to the animals when they stop slaughtering them? What happens to the slaughterhouse workers? Yada, yada, yada. It went on for, then he categorized all of them into different groups. Then he created task forces that will tackle each group. And then there's subcommittees. So very engineer-like, mathematically answering all the questions that need to be answered to create a vegan world by 2026. I am so excited for this film. Thank you so much for sharing that. I want you to break something else down for me because a few years ago, remember, like the World Health Organization came out and they said, look, yes, carcinogens in meat do cause cancer. And now we have the rise of all the plant-based meats like Beyond and Impossible Burger. And ads are being taken out, as we talked about before the show, saying, oh, this processed meat causes cancer. And I want to talk about the misinformation behind that message because I'm afraid that is going to start reaching people that are going to go, oh, this is going to cause cancer. And so they're going to not change. So can you break that down for me, why that is false? Well, first of all, you can watch, and I do watch the business channels and especially now, you know, I went on Yahoo News. There had to be six stories today or maybe they're just targeting me because they know I'm vegan. <laughs> they probably About <laughs> veganism. But no, these are real stories in real publications, yeah. right? So I think that the meat industry is definitely running scared. The big ag industry is running scared. Oh, they the dairy industry are. is running scared. Oh, yeah. The U.S. government and us taxpayers are the only ones propping it up right now. And so I think it's also a mark of our success that they're in a panic. For and sure. So 
one of the things that I'd like to point out before people get too upset, it is upsetting. They create phony nonprofits to attack, you know, they've attacked PETA for years, creating phony nonprofits mm. and creating false storylines. And bots on Twitter yeah. and Instagram, right? Absolutely. And it's just a compliment because PETA is such an effective organization. The meat, dairy, pharmaceutical, and other industries literally create phony nonprofits to go after PETA. And how do I know it's phony? I've gone to protests against where they're protesting PETA, that nonsense PETA kills, and I'll ask the protester holding the sign, so tell me about your issue. Why are you here? They have no idea. They're paid. Mm. They're paid. They're paid protesters. So, okay, I don't want to get worked up about that, but there's the law of unintended consequences. Remember when they tried to put Josh Tetrick, who's one of my heroes, out of business Mm -hmm. with the Just Mayo? They had the American Egg Board, I think it's called, yeah. or the American Egg Council. Okay, government supervised, basically promoting eggs. And they literally were caught on their email chain saying, you know, I can get a guy in Brooklyn to... They were talking about taking him out. Now, people said, well, that was a joke, but who knows? Oh, who my knows? God, who knows? Yeah. Well, anyway, in their campaign against Just Mayo... They managed to give him $21 million in free advertising. Yeah, right. Put him on the map. <laughs> For sure. Now they're trying to do it to Miyoko. Okay? Oh, my favorite say, cheese in the world, yes, Miyoko's. Miyoko's oh. is amazing vegan cheese. I change people's lives with Miyoko. Like, oh, yeah. Miyoko is the one changing people's lives, but I bring the vegan cheese plate to every party that I go to, and it's always Miyoko's, and people are like, what is this? And I'm like, it's just Miyoko's magic. Go oh, on. yeah, and I love Miyoko's <laughs> butter, vegan butter, oh, no palm oil. So good. And it's so good it's like cray cray like it's it's yeah. almost like a little bit like you know, it's I so gotta, indulgent I gotta keep it locked up because it's so good <laughs> yeah. so let's just go to Vromage. Yeah, oh, come love on Vromage. there's that vegan oh. cheese place nearby that here. one's so good too yes maybe we should go there afterwards but anyway where was i i got stuck on the cheese and the vegan cheese is so delicious <laughs> okay so miyoko's hopefully we'll get a lot of free publicity mm-hmm. i'll give you an example the european union when i was in europe and I was in Berlin. The European Union passed something where you can't say milk, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Well, guess what? Oatly was everywhere in Berlin. Literally, you couldn't turn a corner without seeing a giant Oatly ad. I'm obsessed with Oatly, by I'm the way. I'm obsessed with Oatly. I use oat milk. Me That's too. my choice. Me too. And then if not, soy milk. So it didn't stop people in Europe switching to plant-based milk. Yeah. You know, people are not stupid. Mm -hmm. And when they say, oh, they're going to confuse you (laughs) by saying milk when it's like, oh, I'm so confused by peanut butter. When I hear the phrase (laughs) peanut butter, I get disoriented. What does that mean? What does peanut butter mean? I don't know. I'm, I'm so confused. Help me pass a law that makes it illegal to say butter if it's not from a raped and tortured cow. Ugh. Sorry, I get carried away. I'm gonna br- I'm gonna dial it back. I'm dialing. It I back. love your passion, and back. I don't even want you to dial it back. I want you to be exactly who you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. I I think that it's terrible, but I I think consumers are smarter than that. And you know, you consider the source. Like a lot of the business channels started on this thing where they were like, and you know, the processed meat is no healthier. The meat alternatives than real meat. They were just saying that. Are they scientists? Are they doctors? Are they anything? No. These are news anchors. And having been one, I know we know nothing. You know, they're, they're not experts. They read a little bit of wire copy and they go out there and they talk. And so what I find fascinating is when they actually interviewed the companies involved, like Ethan Brown, another one of my heroes, or the, the guys behind Impossible Foods, they say, yes, it is healthier. You know, don't push out fake information. The fact that it's zero cholesterol and cholesterol creates plaque that kills one out of every four Americans, right there, it is healthier for you to eat a a Beyond Meat burger, an Impossible burger, than a dead animal burger. Thank you. Now, the other thing is that, as you know, the World Health Organization has said processed meat is officially cancer-causing. Right. So there's no competition there. You know, process, everybody's like, terrified of process. Well, the food is still there. It's been mixed up. It doesn't mean that it doesn't exist anymore. You're still getting the protein, the the pea protein. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you take peas out of the refrigerator. It's not like they're completely bereft of their nutritional value. So no, it's healthier for you. But consider the source. 
advertiser-based media very threatened by this. Very threatened by it. And I'm all about a whole foods plant-based diet because on a vegan diet, like you can eat Oreos, you can eat processed food, right? I just say plant-powered at this point because it's like when you say vegan, people have all their own opinions about it that they form. So I'm just like, I say plant-powered. So in my home, I'll eat as much like whole foods as I can. But then when I'm out and there's an option for a plant-based burger, I am thrilled. I don't care if it's a black bean burger, a Beyond burger. I don't care if it's processed because I know it's so much better than any alternative. So for me... I'm super happy. But for anyone listening who's like, oh, you know, I'm thinking about going vegan vegan, and I'm not sure yet, like, where would you tell someone to start? Well, Gina Jane. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do a daily vegan cooking show and you can watch people make the actual dishes and then we put the recipes on our website. And now we've just started where you can print them out. You can hit print and just print out the recipe. But no, truly, you know, people say, what do you eat? Like, Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Respectfully, have you been living under a rock for the last 10? I mean, there's uh, Veg News has incredible recipes. You go into Costco, you see all these vegan books. Yeah. You see books, vegan books everywhere. You can go on Amazon and write vegan books and a thousand will show up. I know because I get them every week. People send them to me. Yeah. <laughs> there's New Day, New Chef, our vegan cooking show that you can watch on Amazon Prime that has a ton of recipes. Look, I shop at Ralph's. I'm not doing a commercial, but let me tell you something. They have tons of vegan options. Yes, they have they a do. vegan vegetarian section. Mm-hmm. And then the Beyond Meat is right there. And some of the other uh, meat alternatives are right there in the meat section. It's always yep. difficult for me, but I go in there and I buy it because I do eat. I don't eat it every day, but mm-hmm. I, I have it on occasion. And so I get it and it's important to support it. And um, they also have the plant-based milks galore. Yes. Not to mention good old-fashioned fruits and vegetables. Like I have a magnet on my refrigerator it says try organic food or as your grandparents called it food Food, exactly yeah. and <laughs> so actually i want to give a shout out again you go to the frozen food section they have amy's uh vegan food they have all the mm-hmm. of course i always lo- i've recently given up sugar because i have a very addictive personality and sugar one day at Highly a time addictive. i don't want to say because i don't want to disappoint somebody's going to see me you know eating a vegan sunday somewhere and then well, with your job, I feel like it's kind of your responsibility to eat a vegan Sunday once in a while. Well, you know, I... I <laughs> Test it for the people. I, I've, sli- I've slipped on sugar a number of times. Like, I'm just trying it now, and I actually feel good, and I do make the banana ice cream. But I also find the so delicious sugar-free ice cream. Yes, That is ice cream that's vegan that's sugar-free. Well, last year, I went sugar-free, and then I realized I'm not sugar-free. I'm sugar-light, and that oh, works for me. Oh, <laughs> sugar-light. That's almost like a... Like a handle, like <laughs> yeah. sugar light, yeah. So now in these major, major supermarkets, there's a lot of vegan options. Our dear friend Carissa Kranz, who's a super lawyer, vegan from birth, she was one of the co-hosts on our show. Amazing. She does Be Veg, which is a branding. She certifies companies as vegan. Amazing. She's a, Thank a you, Carissa. brilliant attorney. Brilliant attorney. Check out BeVeg.com. Awesome. And it certifies because a lot of, you know, wines and things that you think are vegan aren't. Right. Yeah. Uh, sugars can be non-vegan. So she makes sure, goes through all of the ingredients and certifies when you have something that is actually vegan and you get that certification, you can rest easy. It's no animal products, nothing. That is so, so cool. We went Thank shopping you. the other night uh, to Ralph's and what I do, and I urge every vegan, go to your vegan vegetarian section and clean it up. So I, I've done this for years. I straighten everything up. I actually jumped up and moved the vegan cheeses that were in the back. Nobody could buy them. And I straighten them out. Everybody needs to do this. And because some people who are maybe hostile to our movement or just walking by lazy, they'll put meat products right in front of, they'll drop things. You'll oh. see like, not, I wouldn't say real cheese, cow's cheese. And I take those and I put them somewhere else. I put them, you know, put them upside down somewhere. And, uh, Actually, she videotaped me doing it because she thought it was kind of fun. (laughs) Back in New York, where I had this one intransigent manager who would constantly put the vegan items in hard-to-find places, Mm. and we would have these battles, and I would go in there late at night 
with a shopping cart and I would switch out I love the this. food and I take <laughs> the vegan food, put it up front and then I would take whatever was there, like cheese or whatever, cow's cheese and put it all the way back in the back section, <laughs> Siberia. At a certain point he knew he was on to me. Yeah, he yeah. He would just be like staring, giving me the eye when I walked in. <laughs> but that's a little bit extreme. But you can clean up your vegan section and make it look nice. And if they're out of things, because sometimes I'll go in and they're out of vegan items, I will go to the manager. In fact, they have a picture with a line through it of me at a lot of the supermarkets around here. No, but I'll go to the manager and I'll say, look, you don't run out of meat. You don't run out of dairy products. Why are you? Because they'll say, oh, it ran out. Well, then stock more of it. Right. I know. But they're always out of Oatly down the street. And I'm like, when I see it, I get like four because I'm like, just got to take them all. Because yeah. then they run out next week. You so I'm go with protest you. protest afterwards? Let's go protest. Okay. Let's go to Bristol. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bristol and Ralph's are across the street. So if yeah. one doesn't have one, like a Miyoko's cheese or something, I'll go to the other to see if they do. But no, it, every vegan, you know, you can be an activist in every interaction. You can go to these managers and respectfully, I am generally pleasant and I go up and I say, hey, you know, uh, or they, when you're checking out, they go, do you find everything? I said, oh, you know, actually, no. Can you bring the manager over? I'd just like to talk to him or her and That's explain great. that nicely. You know, yeah. hey guys, like I want to shop at your store. I want to buy these things. Why do you run out? If you run out, that means that there's a demand for it. Stock more. Mm. So, Jane, you are one of the most passionate people we've had on the show, and I love it so loud, much. Loud, a.k.a. loud. <laughs> loud, proud, and passionate. So what drives you? What is the thing that drives you to keep doing this, to keep going, in the face of a lot of adversity sometimes? Well, there are frustrations. I just, you know, I can't enjoy myself knowing all the horrors that are happening to animals in factory farming. Mm. It just... We go to the pig vigil. We actually, we have 70 contributors. And Paige Parsons-Roach is behind the camera right now. Her arm's hey, falling asleep, but she's doing a great job. <laughs> Thank you, Paige. Yes, and she, she goes to the pig vigils. I go maybe once every six weeks because it knocks it out of me. Mm-hmm. And we try to it's rotate. It's hard. It's really hard. We rotate amongst people. Mm-hmm. Although there are people like Cesar Acevedo who goes live every Wednesday at the pig vigil. And Joaquin goes. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was there just the last Sunday. Amazing. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. And so I can't enjoy myself if I'm not doing something every day to help animals. Now, to quote Ingrid Newkirk, being sad doesn't help animals. Oh. Being depressed doesn't help animals. Yeah. Moping doesn't help animals. Griping or sniping with other vegans doesn't help animals. Right. Well, actually, that's not her whole quote. Her first, The first part was her quote. I was just <laughs> riffing on it. But the point is that I don't feel me being miserable is going to help animals. I give myself permission to be happy as long as I'm doing something every day. Like, if I go on a vacation, it is a work vacation. I went to... I was going to the Luxembourg Animal Rights Conference because my good friend Fabienne Oranger runs it. She yeah. also runs a rescue here. And uh, I wanted to present Countdown to Year Zero. And Dr. Silas Rao came and we presented to all the animals. But first I went to Copenhagen because mm-hmm. I always I wanted to see the castle that was the basis for Hamlet, which is near there. And so as soon as I arrived, there was an anti-dairy protest that I saw on Facebook. I went to the anti-dairy protest. Then they said, oh, there's a cube of truth in one of the main squares. I went to the main square. I was talking to everybody. I ended up interviewing the head of Denmark's vegan party, which is a real party. So, wow. It was like within two hours, I was getting all this incredible stuff. Then I gave myself permission to go on a boat trip and argue with some of the people who were on the trip about, you know, their choices for dining. (laughs) So I do... I do relax, you know, and have fun, but I try to always weave in the activism wherever I go. Congratulations, and thank you so much for what you do. So well, You too. Thank you. And I know we've talked a lot about this, but just last, you know, shout out, shameless self-promotion. Where can everyone follow you online? They're going to watch the film, the documentary series. Give us all the goods. Well, we're really trying to get people to watch New Day, New Chef. Okay. A, it's fun. It's people cooking, laughing. We have a blender dance. Everybody is going crazy. It's sort of like trending the blender, hashtag blender dance because, <laughs> you know, vegan food involves a lot of blender. Yeah. Blender action. And so we, we were, do we get a silent blender or we just embrace the noise, which everybody would have at their home. Right. And just create a blender dance. So that, that has taken off. So New Day, New Chef 
is a fun show. I would urge you to watch it with your pre-vegan friends. Please write a review. Okay. Um, and so that's important. Check out also Countdown to Year Zero on Amazon Prime. They're both on Amazon Prime. And by the way, New Day, New Chef is going to be on public television stations around the country. Awesome. And by the way, New Day, New Chef is also in the United Kingdom, England and Ireland right now. Beautiful. And I want to give a shout out to our producer, Eamon McChrystal, who did a great job. He's Irish and I'm half Irish. <laughs> so uh, we, we just hit it off. And he's so sweet. He's pre-vegan. But you know what? His dad watched the show in Ireland and is starting to go vegan. Mm. So then, of course, follow us, janeunchained.com. And then Facebook, you just put in Jane Unchained Facebook. Jane Unchained News Facebook. And Instagram, Jane Unchained News. So I pretty much, if you just put in Jane Unchained, it'll all come up. We have literally thousands and thousands and thousands of videos. And it's not me. It's 70 people. When we recently got in all these news stories about um, Joaquin Phoenix going to the vigil, we were live and Vanity Fair, People Magazine, ET Canada, Daily Mail, all these news organizations picked it up. It was a contributor named Renee Marinkovich who was actually going live. And she's very charming. You know, she's charming, sweet, and she went up to Joaquim and got this great interview with him. Amazing. So it wasn't me, it was her. And we have so many great contributors. Uh, Lisa Carlin just did a 21-day vegan kickstart uh, mm-hmm. in association with Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. And Tracy Childs was involved, uh-huh. and Sarah Siegel, and, you know, uh, Carissa Kranz. And by the <laughs> way, again, it was a nonprofit. We raised funds, and anybody wants to donate for the next nine episodes, you make a a tax-deductible donation to our 501c3, Jane Unchained. Just go to janeunchained.com and hit the donate button and donate because every cent goes to the documentary, the cooking show, Mm -hmm. and we do it on cheap, on the cheap. On a shoestring. This was shot pretty much by me and a great vegan activist called Jeff Adams Mm -hmm. who runs Vegan Linked, and uh, he's in North North Carolina? Carolina. Oh. And, yeah, and basically... I don't know. We're out of time, but I'll just tell you. He contacted me. I was speaking at uh, the Hilton Head Veg Fest, and he uh-huh. said, you know, I don't know a lot of vegans. I want to feel more active. Can I come videotape you? And I That's said, amazing. Yeah, I said, of course. So then we went to dinner afterwards, and he said, you know, I really want to get more involved. I said, I'll put you to work right now. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I shot half of this documentary following Dr. Silas Rao to Costa Rica. He's having his Vegan World 2026 conference. I need you to shoot the rest. He came out. He shot the rest. He's a brilliant editor. Awesome. Jeff Adams, if you need an editor. And I do, actually, Jeff for my Adams. film Food Heal, so I'm going to call him. Jeff Adams, <laughs> Vegan Linked. We edited it on Team Viewers. We put it up. Having the lawyer look at it and vet it was probably the biggest expense that we had, but that's important. You know, we do things pretty much... Every cent and then some goes to our cause. I love it. Jane, you are the most passionate person I've had on the show. Thank you so much for being here. JaneUnchained.com. Everyone, go check her out. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and thank you for what you do. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat in this dress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately.